How to Create a Glitch Monologues Season 21 Chapter 7 This is Season 21 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 7. In this episode, we will be talking about how attention, sensation represents the line between consensuality and non-consensuality. We will also be talking about how children fill in the gap or blind spot of our consensuality. And we will be talking about how causality, according to the mechanisms explained in this season, paint a picture of reality which is dualistically local and non-local. First of all, as is understood both through experience and physical examination of the human eye, it is apparent that we all have a blind spot in our vision created by the presence of the retina at the back of the eye. This blind spot reveals something essential to our understanding of consensuality and non-consensuality, as demonstrated by a simple experiment you can do at home. For this experiment, I would ask you to go to a mirror and stand close enough, without glasses if you wear them, so that you can see your face. Now, I want you to concentrate, and force your eyes out of focus, but keep your vision fixated on your face. Now, do this for several minutes and you will start to see your facial features, the image changing. The exact character of the change in your visual image, is context dependent. That is, what you see will reflect your unconscious thoughts and impulses at the particular moment. You may see your features looking like a friend, or an enemy, or it may look ghoulish, or dead, it may be a character in a show you particularly like or hate. The point is, if you do this correctly, you will see the physical representation of your unconscious feelings about yourself in that moment as established in your non-consensuality. This tells us something. It tells us that your mind fills in the gaps in your observation or sensation with the content of your non-consensuality. This principle is also why, at the edge of your awareness, in the background, at a crowded public place, your non-consensuality animates the experiences that your reality exposes you to. Now, you may say, this is a trick of the mind, but it is a true reflection of your subjectivity in the moment. Now, to return to the blind spot of the eye. I imagine that just like the eye has a blind spot, your consensuality, the field or area around you which animates reality with your expectations, has a similar blind spot. This is the area which we have up till now referred to as the holes in your consensuality. This blind spot is important as well for a different reason. Namely it is only because of the holes in our consensuality that we are capable of existing with a dissonant consensuality or a conjoined consensuality relative to others, in an intersubjective way. This also means that the generation of a new life, the generative action outlined in season 20, chapter 1, produces an emergent consensuality, which must, by its very nature, exist within the blind spot of our consensuality. Thus, we see that children or offspring are dependent on that blind spot for the sustenance of their consensuality, which may be dissonant to our own. I would also add that the blind spot in our consensuality is not fixed, it moves spatially around our bodies and location. Just as children who are old enough roam around the presence of their parents. But we see also that the relationship between child and parent is an archetypal one. Thus, the assignation of archetypal superiority to the parent and subordination to the child reflects the equilibrium of the consensuality and non-consensuality of the parent. In effect, what I am saying is that your child will move, act, 
be in such a way as to sit spatially and intellectually in the blind spot of your consensuality. They will manifest your non-consensuality and the non-consensualities of their caregivers. Now, in past episodes of this season we talked about how retrocausal thoughts manifest, we gave examples of their manifestation, and we delineated a structure to them. In this episode, I would like to talk about the ramifications of the non-locality of retrocausality. As discussed, there are two types of causes in the examples given, namely, the proximate cause and the cause in fact. Interestingly the cause in fact in a retrocausal chain, is consistent with locality, only in a reverse fashion. That is to say, that the cause in fact of the retrocausal chain, is outside the mind, a physical form observed in reality which is spatially proximate. The proximate cause of the chain, is spatially segregated, and not retrocausal, or non-local. Thus, this tells us that reality is causally variable, it actually supports two kinds of causality. Proximate causation, which is non-local, and factual causation, which is proximate. This is interesting, because it suggests a hybrid form of causality, one which permits causation to act in both directions of time and suggests two different overriding principles governing reality. Non-locality suggests there is an absolute simultaneity. Proximate causality suggests that simultaneity is relativistic. Since we also know that the retrocausal chain proceeds from consensual to non-consensuality, we can see that the proximate cause being non-local, means that consensuality possesses absolute simultaneity and non-consensuality possesses relative simultaneity. These conclusions reveal something about the nature of time and reality, but are intuitive for the purposes of this theory. Anyway, that's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it please like, comment and subscribe.